iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Whitney Matheson of USA Today, and tonight's guest, actors Brian Greenberg, Victor Osuk, and executive producer Julian Farino. Hello. Yay, welcome guys. Hey. Hey, thank <laughs> you. So, Thanks for coming. Yeah, this is New York really showed up for you. I know, appreciate really. that. Now, uh, you just saw the episode for the first time, is that right? Yeah, that's the first time I've seen it locked like that. How was that experience? I thought it was pretty dope. I liked it. Yeah? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'd watch this show if I wasn't on it, so I'm proud to be a part of it. Yeah, and is it me or is the show just getting funnier and funny? Like that, that episode was so funny to me. It was amazing. Well, you'd have to ask the audience that, really. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It wants to be funny, but it wants you know it's that combination of real and funny. That's always the sweet spot. I want to talk about the very first scene we saw where you're in Japan, and tell me. How was that experience going over there? It seemed, it, the way we saw it, it looked really insane. Was it as insane as it looked? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, the way how we shot it is that we didn't even have a full production crew. I mean, it was like literally we had one um, DP and he pretty much, and we actually, we actually had cameras too and we were just shooting no permits, not signing any waivers. Like we were literally shooting everybody that we can shoot. Running and gunning. Yeah, running and gunning. <laughs> And tell me, I was very worried for you during the subway scene. <laughs> it, ma it made me very nervous, but it was also very exciting to see someone run on the rails. How, how was shooting that scene? It was crazy, because we, we had to get certified uh, from the MTA to actually go down in there. So we had to take like this eight-hour class. And you know, with all these like construction guys, and you know, the what do you, what do you, what do you guys act as? What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool. We went down there, and um, you know, um, it's just uh, the, the beauty of this show is we get we shoot so much on location, so it provides opportunities. Like I've never in my right mind would I think I'd be certified by the MTA to go into the subway, but this show provides that, you know. Right. So uh, it was a really cool experience. And season Victor two was scared of the rats, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they look like cats, you know? <laughs> and season two, it seems like things are really looking up for the guys. They're having a good time. We kind of saw them struggle in season one. Is that, what's the general arc? What, we're, what are we going to see in upcoming episodes? Um, well, I can't give away everything. Uh, I mean, there was this, you know, you have to try and take it on from season one and... A lot of season one was about the grind. It was scrapping for, you know, to make $300 to get this done, to pay off somebody else and this, that, and the other. And, you know, trying to think of, you know, for the, for the future, that we had to have some sort of movement. Uh, but we never want, wanted the show to get too aspirational, if you like. It's, you know, there's got to be a journey and there's got to be a target and an ambition. But it's always trying to come at it from the same point of view, which is, you know, Brian and Victor's characters are just the guys and, and it's it's that combination of ha having a narrative but also having the fun and games along the way so i'd say they do enter a, a world that was it was beyond the world of last season um but there are lessons to be had in that as well that's the the sort of that's as much as i'm going to say about the season arc mm -hmm. and 
you've worked on a lot of shows. I was just wondering, is, does shooting in New York, does it present its unique challenges for you? Yes. <laughs> no, it's 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 a great energy. That's always been, you know, we always said when we started this whole show together, and we were all in it right from the beginning, trying to sort of define it through its energy. And you know, there was a writers room in LA that season, and I, and Ian and I, Ian's the creator and and the the principal writer writes, you know, near everything. You, when you come to New York, we always come on trips and research trips and this that, and the other. Then you feel the thing goes up a notch and you start to bed everything in and it feels like you're dealing with something real and not, not just notional. The practicalities of filming New York are, are just, you know, you have to embrace the chaos, otherwise you die. Especially for us, we're never trying to shut down streets and Im impose a, a, a huge production on, on, on New York. We're trying to put, put the actors into real situation and use real background and try and capture, you know, the atmosphere. It's a little chaotic, frankly. And is there anywhere that you wanted to shoot that you haven't been able to? Um, I mean, we shot we shot every. I mean, we shot a lot of places. I mean, I even think we shot in this neighborhood a couple of times. When we shot the pilot, we shot at the John Farvados store, which is not too far from here. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one of my favorite places was shooting in Thompson Square Park because I grew up in that park, and then also um, Union Square. Because there were times we were shooting in Union Square and like literally people coming out of the train station are like, yo, what are you guys shooting? And we were like, yo, you're on the camera, you gotta keep it moving. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> so I mean, like, like Julian was saying, it's like you can't fight New York, you just gotta go with the rhythm, you know? Can I ask if Sean Ferguson's here? Which, there yeah. he is, Sean that's Ferguson. the man that makes it's it happen right it's there. It's a famous first AD from New York City, he was born and raised on the Lower East Side. And without him, you really couldn't manage those crazy street scenes. He, control he knows every chaos. policeman in town, and, uh, he, and he has a voice louder than almost anyone I've heard in New York. Great, great <laughs> asset. Hey, hey. Brian, I just wanted to point out that your character in the premiere episode not only has sex, but gets really high. And that, <laughs> that has just to be... Just a day in the life of Brian Green. Just a that, day in the life. That has to be so difficult for you. <laughs> It's a tough job. It's yeah. a very tough job. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, but in this first episode, you know, Ben is a, a dip, you see the change that has occurred within him. You know, I call this season Ben 2.0. Last season, Ben was really in his head, um, beating himself up constantly and uh, second guessing himself. And now this season, he sees an opportunity and he's going for it all the way. Obviously, this is a microcosm of what my whole trajectory as a character is I'm having a bit of an identity crisis this season trying to define who I am what crisp is what our friendship is and um, but he's saying yes to everything um, to all opportunities I mean the old Ben would never just go straight into the Neanderthal cipher and just like try to invite those guys or um, smoke weed with them you know he's just trying to go on the radio I mean mm -hmm. he's definitely saying yes to things and it's gonna get him into some trouble but it's also going to be a lot of fun to watch, I think. And Victor, do you want to talk about what we might see happen for Cam this season? I think I think Cam this season, um, he grows up a little bit. You know, I think this time, instead of sort of being behind the scenes with like trying to get the money for Crisp and like doing illegal things, like you know, borrowing money from Renee, this time he's like more on the creative side and like how do we market Crisp and how do we, you know, what kind of look does Crisp have? Um, and then you know, Cam this season hasn't. A little love interest. You saw a little bit of that with uh, with Lulu D, you know, and uh, 
And yeah, you just see him a little bit more mature this season. And there's some great guest stars yeah. this season too. I don't know, maybe you'd like to talk about, like, I, I don't know if I should give away. Well, we can say Gina Gershon appears on several episodes. Yeah. Who, who else would you like to reveal? Yeah, I mean, we have one or two, you know, celebrities, for want of a better word, turn up through the, through the season. Pharrell's on it. Push a T. Push a T. Yeah, and, and, and we have some new established characters. G Gina Gershon's character runs throughout the season. Um, Nicole, who plays Lulu, Lulu D, she's a fixture. We have a slightly broadened family this year. Yeah, but this is... I mean, we get that question a lot, like w what celebrities are going to be on it, I think, because a lot of people want to compare it to Entourage, mm -hmm. and uh, that's inevitable. I get that. Um, but I think what's so great about what you know Julian and the boys are doing is they're casting just the right people for the job. They're not trying to stunt cast it, so they're just getting the best actor. You know, it's the story and the characters speak for itself, so it's not really... It's, we don't want to distract from the world, you know what I mean? So it's just, we're trying to find the best actor for the job. And Julian, how do you feel when critics do compare the show to Entourage? Are you, are you flattered by it, or do you? Um, to be honest, Julian worked on both. Right? I, 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 I was there the first three, two and a half seasons of Entourage, almost constantly, and, and, and then not. I mean, when this, this um, we did season one, I thought it'd be slightly disappointing if we were all the time compared just because it was guys and, and it was going to be an East Coast entourage. It was sort of inevitable um, because, you know, there were two or three of us involved who had also been on entourage. It felt like it came from a very different place to me. That was, you know, I liked, I liked how to make it very, very much because we shot the pilot just, we finished shooting the pilot on the night that Obama was elected and it was always like going to be a show that was an Obama administration show. It was not about... You know, it was not about, you know, the fantasy of the American dream. It was the opposite. It was about the quality of life within the American dream. And I thought that was always what, what made it distinct. I mean, you know, and for me, the New York, our New York brand of, um, of nightlife and fun was also very, very different, you know. Uh, so it was celebrating different things. I mean, it's a half hour on HBO and, it, and you know, and it has a sort of verite feel. I, I, I get it as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I just want this show to succeed. I... I, I a lot of I feel this very personally attached to the values of this show. I, li I like it very much for that reason, and I, I want it to catch fire. And spread the word. Mm. Spread the word. <laughs> and you guys, what have you learned about the uh, fashion industry since you started working on this show? Nothing. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> um, it's funny. I, I didn't know that much when I first got cast in the first season, but um, I purposely, like, when I got cast, I purposely decided not to research too much on on the fashion industry because i feel like that was the funny part about cam is that he was like we're gonna make a lot of money we're gonna make a lot of money but like he knew nothing about the business you know he just kind of trusted and that says a lot about our friendship too in the in the show that you know he trusted on what the the, the dream that ben had you know and the idea of what crisp is mm -hmm. but now i know now i know a little bit i mean we have fashion week we were out i was learning a little bit a little bit more Oh, really? It's not that vast of a knowledge, but you know, <laughs> like. Uh, um, I would love to turn it over if any of you guys have questions. I just wait for the mic to come around. Okay, right here. Hi there. Hi there. 
I was wondering for all three of you, um, what is your favorite and least favorite thing about your job? My job? About being an actor or a producer. Uh, it's all good, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I worked really hard to get to this position and, you know, um, I'm very thankful of uh, the fans who appreciate the work that we do. So, you know, from, from where I'm sitting, just really no complaints. All the way to your right. I was going to say, same. It's great when it's done. That's a, no, it's very pleasurable. Hello. Um, uh, one of my favorite components of the show is the music that goes in behind it. I love that for the first season, uh, you guys released a mixtape, and I just saw today the volume two mixtape, um, and it's very apparent in the show as well. I was wondering how that process goes, and if any of the actors contribute to the music that goes in the show too. Uh, Scott Venner is the music supervisor, and uh, otherwise known as Broke Mogul. And uh, it's just in a, I, you know, I see this show as sort of a blog of sorts, of what, uh, what's hot, you know, whether that be music, fashion, locations in New York. Um, it's very current, it's very up to date, it's very zeitgeist. And um, the music is a big part of that, so uh, I don't have any say in the music, but I'm a big fan of it as well. I mean, I just rock the mixtape as well. <laughs> no, we, we have good people. Scott Venner and Gabe Hill for our, our music people. That are, you know, they're engaged with the, the sort of vanguard of music. I mean, it changes a lot as we, you know, the, 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 the episodes get cut. We cut them with music. And by the time we're mixing the sound, we'll probably change some of it because something may have dropped off a little bit and there's something new that we found that, uh, that, um, that, that works. I mean, I, th I think the thing I like about those two guys as well is that <clears throat> it's not just the latest and greatest. There's, there's no fear of something, you know, 30 years old or something, you know, that's different genre. It's, not, you know, it, it, there are no rules, basically. We have a question all the way to the back left. Um, as far as the realism with the show, I fully understand it. And I was wondering... Um, do you guys feel like you're making history because um, like you are the future you're right now and I feel like the like our parents and people before us they don't understand like this is real life so do you guys feel like you're making history with the show I don't <laughs> I, I think it's an honest endeavor to try and do something you think is is you know real and entertaining and relevant uh, to what's going on. Hopefully, yeah. you know, the thing about New York always seems to be the hustle is there. You, you identify the truth of the fact that people have a little bit here, a little bit something there, and it's on the move, and we just try to reflect the energy of it. I don't think you can ever say you're making history. You know, you hope that, that somehow you might make something that's a little bit abiding, uh, and that's about as much as you can say, I, I think. I feel like now we're making history. I don't think in those grandiose terms. But, you know, I do feel like we're touching on something special that nobody else is really doing. And I think that's what I really like about the show, that, you know, we're speaking to a generation who is on the grind and is hustling and is, uh, you know, I, I feel like we, we got something. I don't even know what that is, but I feel like we got something. And I, whether it plays out in the, in the logs of history, who knows? But, I mean, I, I think it's a cool show. <laughs>
it was really a case for us when we, when we did that first season how we, we felt that it was well received in New York, which, which was the most important yeah. thing to us, actually. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't know if the show was going to be a hit. We didn't know whether it was going to be recommissioned by HBO. Uh, and then when we had screenings in, in New York, and New, and New York people who knew the world that we were trying to depict were, were nice about us, that for us was like, okay, that's as good as we can get. That's, that, that's you know, that was, that was our happiest moment in, in, in season one. In the right center. Hi, how y'all doing, guys? Everybody, hello. Um, so, are you auditioning now? <laughs> <laughs> possibly, possibly. Um, first of all, great job with the show. Um, as a young designer myself, I definitely relate to all the ups and downs the characters go through. And now the entourage is gone. Yeah, everybody's gonna make that comparison, but they gave y'all the torch to carry. the coolest show on Sunday night. So, <laughs> let's make that happen. Um, my question is two part. A were the characters based on particular designers or a particular brand that maybe you kind of heard about or came across in your research? And B, would Ben and Victor accept these two shirts from my brand? Of course. Of course. Uh, that's what's yeah, up. Thank that's you. That's what's up. 13 Mavens, y'all. 13 Mavens. <laughs> Shameless plug. Can't knock the hustle. Can't. Um, in answer to your question about the characters, um, I know that was your secondary motive, but um, the, uh, I, th I think um, Ian, I have to speak on behalf of Ian, the, 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 the guide and writer who's, who's, uh, uh, who's young and from New York, I think he really re relate, you know, there's an in-joke on our set about that he thinks he's Brian's character. Um, and he's of Brian's stature and he dresses not dissimilarly to, to, to Brian. I think there's quite a lot of Ian um, I'll show up on set and he's wearing the exact same thing that my character's wearing and I'm like, dude, <laughs> you picked out my wardrobe, you know exactly what I'm wearing. You can't wear the same thing. Yeah. Um, and then the origins of Chris really were a research and, and, um, and the consultancy of Eli who... who um, Eli Gessner. Who, yeah, who started um, Zoo York and, and, um, and he, he's kind of bobs in and out of the writer's room and he's, he, he designed the um, t-shirts and so on for Crisp and, and one of the big things for us this season was that we had to have a plausible product because if they didn't look like it, they had something really to, to give the mileage, there would be no season. But the fact that Crisp, I don't know what you thought of the Crisp products that you've seen them, you know, it's the first time anyone's seen them. Um, it seemed to me that they, they looked like a real label and that gave us a sort of, you know, a foot, in, in the real world that Chris could, could, could be something. But that, that's just research and, and the talent of Eli, frankly. Yeah. Question to the back row center. What's up, guys? Show's dope. Uh, this question's for Brian Greenberg. How much shit do the guys give you for, like, banging all these chicks on the show? Like, I'm, I know they're all over you about it. All over me. <laughs> in the table reads... I mean, these guys are like grown men, but they act like children. Like we have to before before every episode, we have to read the episode at a table, you know, with all the actors and producers and execs from HBO and whatnot. And every time like a sex scene comes up, this this dude's kicking me under the table. <laughs> Cuddy's elbowing me in the gut. No, complete, very immature. The truth is, cast I, I can with. tell you in terms of having to film, you know, sex scenes for want of a better word, it's it's the hardest part of the show because nobody's really, you know, it's not real. It's, you know, there's a degree of nervousness. You've got two actors trying to respect each other. You've got, you know, degrees of graphic that you have to manage, uh, which is very, you know, 
difficult in America particularly. Um, and so th it's not quite as glamorous as it seems. Would you agree with that, Brian? Wholeheartedly. <laughs> no technical. <laughs> All the way to the right. What's up, guys? We're right here. Hey. hey, first, I just want to say I respect that so much, bro. That's dope. <laughs> That's what the show's all about. But, um, Brian, this one's for you. I know as a mus uh, musician yourself, I was just wondering, like, what it's like to work with Cuddy. I mean, that must be nuts. Yeah, Cuddy's an amazing artist all around. I mean, the fact that, I mean, you see what he's doing as an actor, and he's not trained at all. It's, it's pretty, he's pretty, it, I mean, I think he's really stepped it up this season um, as an actor. But, uh, yeah, working with him as as a musician, we did a little track on my record, and it was it was uh, he's great, man. I got nothing but good things to say about Cuddy. It was it was an honor. From my point of view, Cuddy works hard as well. He really, if you see across this season, we gave him a lot more to do, and we gave him proper acting and relationships that involve emotional dimensions, and he took it very very seriously. You know, Cuddy's immensely gifted and has a great essence a great charm he's great to film there's always an energy and he's very good with words and everything else he really works hard i have to say and i think that was his 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 thing from the beginning you know he 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 he's put in the uh in in, in the graft yeah question fourth row center how you doing um my question is for victor my favorite movie from you was raising victor vargas i had to bring it up i had to bring it up favorite movie I want to know, do you think your character on the show actually shares, shares some of the same like similarities and qualities of the um, character in Victor Vargas? Um, yeah, yes and no. I think, you know, you catching that character, Vargas and Cam, yeah. <clears throat> two different ages, you know what I mean? Like, I think Vargas, you know, he was just trying to like find a girlfriend that was really hot. And here, you know, Cam is really trying to get something going. Find a girlfriend that's really hot. Yeah, that was a shot. <laughs> I said yes and no. I didn't get to the no part. Um, I mean, I think yes part. Um, so, and then in terms of like, um, you know, Cam comes from like that skateboarding culture too. I think that's how we met. You know, we did like our background story, like how did Cam and Ben really mean? We feel like it was really through that skateboard scene, you know, like, and that was a scene that I think that Vargas didn't really grow up in, you know. Um, and then I could keep on going on and on, but I think also like, I think the big difference though is that is the age, you know, like, you know, Cam now is like really, he's approaching 30 and it's like, I'm still living at home with grandma, what am I gonna do, you know? At 17, which is what, what Vargas was, it's like, it's okay to live with grandma at 17, but after that, it's like, that's, that's kind of wilding out, you know? <laughs> I believe we have time for two more questions. Yeah. I have one here for you. These questions for Brian and Victor. Uh, great episode for a second season, I'm excited for it. But Thank you. Ben Thanks. and Cam get along like just like best friends do, which I'm sure everyone here and everyone in the world can like relate to. Was it hard to do that? Because I'm assuming you guys didn't know each other very well at first. Was it hard to do that in the first season and even into the second season? Extremely hard. Yes. <laughs> I cannot stand this guy to my right. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? The funny thing is, I saw Victor Vargas too. And I was a fan of his before I met him. And uh, when I heard his name circling the project, I was really excited because I knew how authentic he was to New York. And um, I just knew that you know, the producers were going in the right direction uh, with the show. And so, yeah, you're sort of forced. It's funny, you kind of do like buddy boot camp as actors on, 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 on TV shows and movies. You're just like, okay, we're friends. Let's hang out and let's get in trouble, you know, for like two weeks, three weeks. And we did. And it's been like three years now. Three long, long years. Long years. No, it's been great, though. 
He's actually, I consider Victor a close friend of mine now. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just going to say, uh, uh, before you answer the next question, um, with, uh, Brian's right, it's like sometimes you get cast into something and, like, you do have to be best friends in a short amount of period of time. But for us, I think, you know, everybody asks, how is the chemistry so good between not only just me and Brian, but, like, everybody else? And it's because this is one of the few projects, I know I could speak for Brian, too, that, like, we actually hang out outside of the show. I mean, the show started it, you know what I mean? Like, that's how we met each other. But then it just kind of naturally happened after we worked together the first season. And even with Julian, too, like, we all, you know, we all... You even hang out with me. Yeah, yeah even hang out. Slum it. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, you know, after we all work together, we all hang out. And I think that also plays um, on screen, too, the chemistry. Last question right in front of you. Hello. Um... What's one of your most memorable moments, moments that you guys ever had on set so far that you'll probably remember seasons from now or when this comes to an end? I, 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 I like shooting the last shot of the pilot. Um, we did it on the last day and it was emblematic of what we were kind of hoping to do. It was complete, was it 7th Avenue? It was somewhere really, really crazy busy in New York, it was rush hour. We were on a junction. We were having these two try. And, I don't know if you remember. They're pushing a trolley, and 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 Victor's on the phone going, "The kid is back." It was just a very. It was it had the right spirit, and it was also kind of completely correct. And the fact we we were able to pull it off was something as well. And that for me was very emblematic of what I think the show was. It was it was the spirit, and it was like how to we might take on New York. My favorite memorable scene is when we blew up the truck in episode eight of first season. Just to watch something blow up, I thought it was really cool. And then they used all these cameras, so they had to get it right. You know. I'm a big fan of shooting in Tokyo. I thought that was just so yeah. cool that we did it on our own in the how to make it style, like filming it ourselves, not really getting permission, just like hustling our way through the streets of Tokyo. It was so much fun to be able to do that. Um, so that was a very memorable experience. Well, thank you guys so much. And October 2nd is when season two premieres, so watch it again. Tell all your friends. <laughs>